Welcome to Razor Branding Podcast with Jackie Russo. To learn more about how to improve your brand, visit brandrusso.com. Hi, it's Jackie Russo, and thank you so much for joining us today for Razor Branding Podcast. We are going to have our first ever repeat guest, and I'm super excited about it. Melissa Bowen, welcome to the show. Yay, thanks for having me. (laughs) I mean, it's hard to believe it's been almost a year since we did this. I was just thinking that and I was as I was looking at my picture, I was thinking, I gotta go back to that first interview because I think my silver streaks have increased, but it is what it is. It's been quite a year. I think we've all gained more um, silver this year. It's been a year, hasn't it? Yeah, it, it really has in um, so many ways. So run us through kind of in general, what you in the mental health space are seeing. I mean, I think we all heard at the beginning of lockdown and pandemic, we're going to see an increase in suicide, depression, um, divorce, domestic abuse. You know, later, is it happening? Yes, and anxiety is probably the, uh, the one of the biggest ones too. But um, I would say towards the end of last year, um, I, at least when I talked to my colleagues, everyone got very busy, and I had a lot of uh, clients come back. Um, everyone was full as far as, you know, people coming to see counselors um, and getting that support, which on the one hand is a good thing, but it it, um, it makes it unfortunate because it's about the times that we're in uncertain times and people are stressed and anxious still. Um, so it, it is, it's good that people are seeking help though. And we're all still here for sure. Right. Well, you, you bring up like needing more people needing more help and obviously a lot of you have had to make that transition to telehealth. How has that worked? Do you think are, are your clients receptive to it? Or they feel like they're getting what they need? Uh, I think it's a little bit of both and it all depends on the relationship and the client. Um, it, uh, it has worked for me and a lot of my folks um, for some, not so much. Some people like to wait until people are back in person. I myself, am still in my home office. I'm not in person yet, but a lot of people are in person. So, Um, Just like everything, we are finding that everybody has to do what you personally are comfortable with because there's not going to be one blanket. Here's what you should do. Here's what you shouldn't do. But everything is available right now. So it kind of starts with if you need help, seek help and then seek it in whatever way, healthily, that works for you. Yeah. um, You know, we do individual people do individual counseling. Um, people are still doing groups. And I know we can talk about, um, I, a couple of us have started like online groups, um, which even though everybody was doing that, a version of that before, it's uh, becoming more of the norm. Um, just because when there's a need, you feel the need as it is. So let's talk about that because that's really kind of what we're launching today, or at least talking about the launch you've just done. Um, walk me through what an online membership-based group practice looks like? It'll look different with every practitioner who's doing one. Um, But for me personally, um, I started, it's psychoeducational primarily. It is in no way a substitute for individual therapy or counseling. I want to be sure that that is very clear. There is no substitute for individual therapy when that is the need that you have. Um, But there's a great benefit of group work for a couple of reasons. One, you're in a community. 
of people with similar interests, similar struggles, um, and there's a lot of mutual support there. Um, a group, the leader or counselor, um, targets the information to that need. Uh, and so you're getting exactly what you need there. So there's great benefits in group, but it's more psychoeducational and community-based. It is not a substitute for individual therapy. So the one that I started is really kind of general over mental and emotional health. Um, we started out with boundaries in the holidays. Um, well, it, so the holidays, when we have the most stressful time of the year coming at the end of the most stressful year, yeah, seems like boundaries would be a good idea to practice. Yes, and we're going into boundaries again in February also because it's like the, it's it's just so needed in so many ways. I mean, like that alone could be everything. Right. Um, but so uh, we started off with goal setting in January, goals and, and visions, um, getting into boundaries, communication, connection, um, maybe even some, um, some shame and guilt work, uh, forgiveness, uh, grief, just some like kind of overarching mental and emotional health support systems that a lot of times we don't even go into until we have a need. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'm kind of giving um, education on topics that have helped me in so many of my struggles, pe topics that I think uh, that I've seen very helpful over my years of counseling. And by offering a community, again, you're kind of doing with it with people, learning with people who find themselves in similar struggles. Kind of how like what you and I talked about um, early last year, how we're all in the same storm, but not the same boat. Let me tell you how many people have brought that up to me on an almost daily basis. That resonated. Well, and I wonder who was the first guy who wrote that phrase? Because it's everywhere. Everywhere. Um, but yeah, so everybody's, but even though we may not, not everybody may be uh, parents or people in school or teachers or, or uh, the different life stages and ages, but we do struggle with very common um, emotional struggles. And so that's what I'm um, offering is some psychoeducational support there and community. I love that. And I, I love everything about it for people who might be hesitant because on the one hand, I can see people reaching for it because of the group and the community and appreciating peer support. On the other hand, I could see people leaning away from it because they might feel exposed or embarrassed. How do you balance that? So we're getting what we need, but we don't feel like we're the only ones. Well, the um, good thing about the structure of at least an online group, um, and I could only speak for the way that I've structured mine, is you show up as you're comfortable with. You know. Um, we, I do encourage and I teach a lot about authenticity, being authentic and practicing vulnerability. So that's being brave, even if you're scared or uncomfortable. But I do promote some safety there. If you're not comfortable, then stay behind, you know, your closed video or only chat if you're comfortable through a chat window um, so people can engage however they're comfortable. Um, and just to kind of back up a little bit, because a lot of folks that I realized I was doing all this research in it, but not a lot of people understood what it could look like as far as a membership. Um, I liken it to your gym membership or your Netflix subscription. Um, you know, it's something that you uh, like the gym membership. You're going there, getting something from your trainer, engaging how you can and how you're comfortable and then use what is good for you. Um, so 
Yeah. So it's a gym membership for your mind and your heart. Yes, with a much nicer trainer. Well, or less I'm scary, less scary. All through training with you, you are not particularly nice. <laughs> we did a lot of working out together back in the day, and yes. I don't remember you being particularly pleasant at five thirty in the morning. Just no, I, I was a wuss. But and and I do authentic selves. I do equate it so much. Like I struggle a lot with the physical training aspect of it, and so I appreciate the people that I follow and get coaching from in that regard, because I don't have skills or education there. And so I need that support. You know, when you and I worked, I, I loved everyone there and I, I needed it and I still do. And so, yeah, I do offer that coaching, education and support, but in the mental and emotional health arena. And so it comes with like workbook, right? There's some little homework exercises and things I can do in between sessions. Yes, um, I give out a workbook. So like on a topic of the month, we did goals, February is going to be boundaries. I give a workbook a week that you can do at your own time. It'll come with like a little 10 minute or less video that you can even listen to in your car or on the fly. Um, and then I do two live sessions a month that I also record. So you don't have to be committed to that time either. But if you want to come and engage in the live coaching um, and engage with the community, you can come then too. Otherwise, you can do it all on your own time and just get, you know, get the information as I send it out. And I also started um, a, a Facebook group uh, community so the people can engage with each other um, on wins, challenges, that kind of thing. But again, on their own time also. Right. I think about as a, as a species, our need for connection and community. And, and I go back, you know, a few decades or a few generations to when women especially, had more time for that connection. We were gathered in neighborhood groups. We did mom things together or wife things together or women things together. And so are we seeing a disconnect because of careers and other things taking us away from that, that time to build a community? It's like once we get out of school, there's not a lot of adult friends out there sometimes. Yeah, I was actually just thinking about that this morning, Jackie. Um, and uh, I think quarantine and COVID and all that just exacerbated what has already been developing for so long. But what it really proved right now is that our connections have to be intentional. I think we have all relied so much on the convenience of our connections and myself included, um, because I'll see you at church or I'll see you at school or I'll see you as we pass in the office. Um, and so our our identities and our connections have all been very convenient. Um, and now more than ever, we have to be very intentional with who we connect with and when, even if it's a Zoom call or a phone call or texting um, or, or interacting with someone you've never met on a Facebook group, you know, of go find, look, I'm in a cat moms of Lafayette. Okay. Um, I don't know anybody there, but maybe one person, but, but when you connect with someone that's got like interests and struggles are over, like, are you sharing tips on best cat food? Is there a, some do, some do. Okay. but you know, it's like, it, there's a group out there for everyone. Just find it. But anyway, a whole ad campaign around it in the last Super Bowl. <laughs> sure. But so anyway, but yes, our connections have to be um, super intentional so that they can be fulfilling. Um, so find that. Um, and if I could make a, just a little plug about a book that came out um, la early last year, Together by Dr. Vivek Murthy. 
He's going to be our next Surgeon General. He was the Surgeon General years ago, but he researched and wrote this book and released it right before we went into quarantine, all about the epidemic of loneliness in our world. That's timely. Yeah, it was, it's, and um, what I learned there, just to kind of give our listeners and readers, watchers, um, something, um, I learned something new about our, our need for connections in three levels. We need our intimate ones, like the close personal ones that know us really well, that we are super vulnerable with. We need social connections and we need community connections. And if one of those is missing, we could have the feelings of loneliness. Um, but so it's important to know which one might be missing for us. So we know which one to put energy into developing. That's um, smart. Yeah. And loneliness um, is just kind of like a red flag to say you're missing connection. So then you can go to what you need to cultivate and create and start to grow. Um, for what you need. Well, and so by you building this online membership-based community, you really are in some ways supplying all three of those levels, depending on how comfortable somebody is engaging. I'm, I'm hoping to, and I, I know it's a very broad um, membership, you know, to say mental and emotional health. Uh, um, uh, I also embrace the wholehearted living, you know, um, uh, behaviors and choices that allow us to live wholeheartedly and, and fully. So I am trying to, I, I wanted to create something that would make support um, in mental and emotional and social support accessible because not everyone has a need for individual counseling. Um, or the budget. Or the budget or the time or the energy. Right. So those four things, it, we don't all have the time for it. We don't all have a budget for it. We don't have the energy for it. And frankly, a lot of people just don't have a need for individual counseling, but we still have need to learn about how do I ask for what I want? How do I set boundaries with toxic people in my life? How do I um, work through stress and anxiety when I feel like it's, you know, uh, out of my control? So, yes, I tried to, um, you know, we're just trying to do it all, Jackie. That's all. Changing the world, Melissa. <laughs> Changing the world. Um, and so anybody who's read Brene Brown's books or subscribes to kind of her philosophy, they'll find you very aligned in that way of thinking. Yes. Um, I am a certified Daring Way facilitator. Um, and right now I'm the only one in Acadiana. Um, but now that everything is online, you know, you have access to everybody. But yes, um, I started her work in 2014. I became certified as a trainer in 2016. So in my individual sessions and in all my groups, um, I'm all about that model of <clears throat> practicing your authenticity, vulnerability, bravery, embracing your worthiness to foster connection. So yes, um, I do a lot about that. Kicking ass and being awesome. Trying and trying to be clear and kind in the process. Yeah, yeah I'll get to that. Um, so, you know, I had a conversation that I relayed to you um, off camera about a friend who said, it looks like everybody else is in all of these groups and I don't have my people. And my, as I told you, I responded back to her. Nobody's got groups. It just looks like it on social media. How much damage is social media doing to our mental health and our sense of FOMO? Um, I think it will probably take years for us to really to realize the full extent of that kind of effect. But there is no doubt that there's research out now that it affects um, the, the fear of missing out, the fear of not being enough. Um, I don't have what they have. 
I mean, I, the, I mean, if I could share even the conversation we were having just before this, um, I struggle with it because, uh, um, my, uh, my stress of just seeing Instagram, it's like, it's the window shopping that you have to be something. So someone will be attracted to it. And if not, then you're not worthy of something. So even I struggle with that kind of anxiety. Um, uh, so yeah. And there's, uh, platforms out there or profiles out there that will show you how fake social media is. And I say fake, I mean, like people, we, we just put our best selves out there. That's what even the best intentions are, but young people and every people really, we have to know that that is editable, deletable, filtered. Um, just everything is filtered. So, you know, like if, if we were to put this out later, I would probably do some things, <laughs> but, but we can't cause it's a lie. Um, so yeah, social media, just like anything, it can be, it's a beautiful tool, but can be misused. So, um, I believe a lot of things, uh, can be handled by the user knowing how to use the tools that we are given. Right. Oh, Molly Dupre Daigle is watching and she says, hi, Melissa. Hi, Molly Dupree-Daigle. Good Speaking to see you. Of community and connections, I do think it's pretty cool that, you know, we've known each other from college when we were part of a community. Molly was a part of that same community. Um, I, you know, I still stay in touch with some friends from high school, as I know you do, too. Uh, how important is that to stay in touch with the people who knew us when we were still becoming formed? Uh, I think I think it's good um, because it helps you feel rooted. Um and if I could kind of connect that to your last question too, you know, where, where it feels like everybody you else. You do whatever you want. You're the guest. <laughs> um, where you said it feels like everybody else has a group to that person who feels like it looks like that. Um, I would encourage you to just reach out to one because that's where it begins is you, you reach out to let yourself be known. Then you can start to feel known. But a lot of times we don't feel like we belong because we don't put ourselves in places where we will allow ourselves to belong. And I say belong as opposed to fit in. The goal is to belong to people, not just not to fit in. Um, but so yes, uh, keeping in touch um, with people who will reflect back to you um, joy or who you know who you felt like you were in a prime time maybe um, or just who knew you when and love you anyway is a good thing my thought or concern there is you know so yeah we built our social circles and a lot of our connections were from being in grade school being in high school being in college and we are now a year into a generation that's not having that convenience of connection. Um, and so for any parents, I guess, who are listening and, and kids or who end up listening older enough to know what it means to make friendships, that it's going to have to be more intentional because I think we're going to miss a lot of that social interaction um, and that automatic connection building just by common circles. Um, so, yeah, that's a, that's a great point. Um, Jessica Haravas says, totally agree about the importance of community, but how do you navigate which parts of your community are seasonal and which are lifelong? Oh, that's a good question. Jessica. Well, this is going to be a new segment on our show called stump the counselor. <laughs> um, I think 
you, we can't really know lifelong until it shows the pattern of um, satisfying those parts of our needs of community. Um, like, I'll be honest. Um, so the Jackie just mentioned the sorority sisters. Okay. Um, and I feel like I just got reconnected with them in maybe the last two to three years. Yeah. And so there was a season where they were not, I was not an active part of this, uh, of the old sisters, you know, that I was old, old, former, former, excuse me. Um, whereas they were my life in college, but there was a season where they were not present uh, or I was not present with them. We weren't together, but there were loose threads. The thread is always there. And so we, as we reconnect and we find commonalities again, then now I see that they will be lifelong. So I think lifelong just shows itself as it, as it, the pattern emerges and um, to embrace whatever season you are in, because you never know what that season's going to be. It might just be for a moment. It could be like if you've ever heard, you know, a reason, a season or a lifetime, it might just be for you to learn something to be that reason. And you won't know that until after, but it's to get the, um, the, the skills of navigating. Like if it's for a reason or a season to know when something's not serving me or, or um, I may need to set some boundaries or I'm finding a need to move on from something to honor that in you. Um, and so then you, you will start to know if this is an ending of something or an evolution of something. Um, so I hope that answered something. You know, I love a good uh, bumper sticker quote. They live with me. So a reason, a season or a lifelong hadn't heard it before, but is locked and loaded now. Very good. <laughs> and there's, a, there is a book, um, called necessary endings. I'm not sure why I'm like segueing to that, but like, because some things will end. Is this the end of us? <laughs> Never. Okay. I think I think we're lifetime now. Okay. Um, but uh, there's a book called Necessary Endings by Henry Cloud um, that just talks about you know like not everything is going to be forever. You know we're evolutionary creatures, and um, so change is inevitable. So some things that means will be pruned or purged or changed or you know left back there because it's not who I am moving forward, and that is okay. Molly just commented and said, "I can totally relate to that, Melissa. I hope in my next season I'll have more time to reconnect with my sisters." Make the time, Molly. Make the time. Well, she does live three hours away, so it is a little bit of a challenge. We can zoom at dinner. That is true. Yeah. That but is yes, true. we hope so too, Molly Dingle. Yes. Um, so, you know, I I know I relayed to you a conversation that I had with Jackson when we were college shopping four-ish years ago. And he had his eye on uh, going to some big SEC schools. And I felt like he might be better served at a smaller school. And so I, I made up a number, which is what I'm getting to is for you to actually set the record straight on what the right number is. But at the time I told him, we really only can know 150 people at a time. And so when you're in college, you'll know the people in your dorm, you'll know the people in your major, um, you'll know the people in your classes, like some gen ed classes maybe, you'll know the people in your Greek or clubs, and that's about it. And so whether you go to school with 40,000 students or a school with 4,000 students, you're still only gonna know 150 people. Yeah. Um, so A, what's the right number? And B, is that kind of the right way to think about it or is there a different perspective? 
Okay, B, yes, it's the right way to think about it. A, I changed my major so I wouldn't have to deal with numbers. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but B, um, I don't know the numbers, but yes, I mean, we're only designed uh, or capable of holding so much information, which is also, I think, problem, a part of uh, the struggle with social media is that we're, we think, oh, I've got to hold all this. I've got to be able to, um, so many people are hurting and I need to pray for them and help them. And, and let me just take on all this information. We're not designed to hold everything. Um, so yeah, um, intimate social community. And we just still determine um, what is, what is my quantity? What is my quality? Because again, like um, for some, some social means like two people uh, where others it's like, where's my people? I want a lot. And so it's all going to be unique to the individual. Does it tie a little bit into introvert and extrovert in terms of volume of people and how big each of those three circles might be? Um, I think uh, some people would, would like to make connections there, which I, I mean, I think there probably are some some evidence that shows that. But introversion is, is just like I uh, I process my information internally as opposed to externally. So I don't think it's directly linked, but I think there's a lot of correlation. Um, like I I'm actually a closet introvert. Um, oh, you're not even in the closet. You're clearly an introvert. And yet my husband included just like he thinks I'm like an extrovert, you know, <laughs> you and Michael both y'all like to perform, but that's not who you are. That's just your ability to stand on stage and do things with the talent that God gave you. The rest of us don't have. Um, but y'all are for sure introverts. Michael, if you're listening, feel free to chime in here and save me. But, um, but so, so, um, I mean, I think there's probably some correlation, but I don't think it's direct and only. Okay. Uh, Nicole Landry Campbell says, uh, love this. Melissa Lyon Bones, you are so, and then she didn't finish the comment, so I want to fill in the blank. Um, what are you so, do you think? I am, no, that's too much pressure. <laughs> that is too much pressure. Awesome. Okay, awesome. Um, and if anybody's ever wondered what it looks like when the two of us are together with no one else watching, it's this on a float in a lazy river with more bad words. But otherwise, these are exactly the conversations we have all the time. I will say I live the struggles and it's why I do the work. I would like to say that, you know, cause like I, um, I'm confident in the work that I do, but it's because I put a lot of the, all the work into practice. So like when I struggle with self-esteem or self-doubt or beating myself up about something or, um, or, or it's because I, I, I live with it. And so I like doing this work for others who, who have needs too. Well, I think it's a lot easier to live, for example. I mean, it's really hard for somebody who's never struggled with self-doubt to tell everybody else how to get over it because the answer is, I don't know, get over it. And that's yeah. probably not the right, I would imagine that's not the right message. <laughs> I'm just guessing. I, that might not be the right way to go about it. Um, <laughs> communication will be the March topic in the um, membership community, Jackie. Are you um, suggesting that maybe a visit? It is a loose suggestion. That is all I'm saying. What I, you know, one of the the, the one of the topics will be how to ask for what you want. Oh, I don't need to go to that one. I'm good. Without using sarcasm, complaining, oh. anger, and control, or passive aggression. Nope, back on the list. Okay, we'll start in March. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. And so it's, if I could like say back to the membership. Please. Okay. So it's called wholehearted living membership. It's on my website. I'm sure Michael will put the website some up somewhere, but he also made a step away from his desk. I haven't seen a lot of things popping up on the bottom of the screen for a while. He tends to, Oh, there he is. He's back. Thank you, Michael. Um, I will say, um, so I've made it accessible budget wise, time wise, energy wise. Um, and you can come in and leave at any time. You know, you can join for a month and quit at any time. Um, and I, I, I say that because I'm all about being able to say no, you know, boundaries is being able to say no. And so I just give everybody the, there's no, it's a no commitment type deal. If you don't find something that is useful to you, which honestly, I don't think that will happen. Um, then feel free to leave. No questions asked. So, so I'm thinking about that. So I'm getting these um, regular, you know, kind of workbooks and, and video lessons. I'm, I'm getting this um, coaching twice a month. Uh, I'm getting this group community experience. I'm going to guess if I was thinking about the amount of time you're putting into it, it would normally cost $500. So tell me what's the price. You think $500 that's, I mean, that's what it would cost. If I was going to get all of this one-on-one -on -one from you, it'd be like $500. So what is it in a group atmosphere? Well, uh, the membership that I'm doing is $47 a month. Goodness gracious, that's a bargain, Melissa. Uh, I wanted, I, re I really did want to make something accessible for everybody, um, for anybody, I'll say that, um, especially considering the year that we had, because I find myself um, talking even to friends and going through the same things myself over and over again, because especially when we're in crisis, most of our skills go out the window if they're not ingrained. Um, and so I just wanted to be able to be in somebody's ear if they needed it. And so I, I just, I mean, we're talking about a dollar 50 a day. That's less than a cup of coffee. And this is going to be way better for your health than all that caffeine and sugar. Well, I appreciate your um, support. I'm just saying, as you, I'm not your business manager, but we have to talk about raising your prices at some point. Um, so Wendy McGibney says, I am loving this. <laughs> Should we bring her on camera to start our uh, planning our trip to Ireland? Uh, yes, Wendy. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> um, no, I mean, all kidding aside, I do think that is unbelievably affordable. When I think about an hour of counseling, one-on-one -on -one would cost about $150. So to be able to have it dripped over the course of a month, to be able to take it in in bite-sized pieces, um, when did you say, uh -huh. um, you have access to it um, even after the month. So like, even right. if you're not able to come to any live or you don't get to the workbooks right away, you'll have access to it um, yeah. even after you, after you leave the membership. And like, you know, I'm, I, I appreciate, uh, you know, the platform to be able to, to talk about it, Jackie, I really do. Cause I do believe in what, what I'm putting out there and the, the people who are in there right now, I feel like are benefiting. Um, but I do know so many of my colleagues um, have groups. Some are in person and some are in online right now. Um, there's some like for teens, uh, for anxiety, for couples, um, you know, some are, are uh, time limited and some may be ongoing. I, I just know that there are resources out there for our community. So thanks for you know letting me be a voice at least for our profession here, because everybody's. I'm just thinking about the affordability of it, and I'm stuck on the fact that it's the cost of one dinner um, in a month. 
because I think that is one of the biggest barriers I hear all the time is people don't want to go and face someone one-on-one because there's an intimidation factor and then obviously pandemic and telehealth and all that, or two, it's too expensive. And so you've alleviated both of those concerns. So even if you're in a really good place, to me, this seems like just the kind of thing, um, no matter where you're coming from, to really help you get those tools you need to continue your growth and evolution. Thanks, I and I agree. Um, but yeah, and I'm gonna reiterate that um, it is very different than the value of one-on-one counseling. I know you're doing all the important stuff. I'm just saying in general. Yes, in general, yes. Yeah, I'm just saying, you know. But it's yeah. like a coach in my pocket. Yes. Like, yes. if we get busy at work and we don't get to see each other as much, I can just do this and then I get to carry you around with me all day. Yes. See, that's a good thing. Yes. Um, so from the last time that we talked to now, 10 months or whatever it's been, uh, I mean, not in general, just on this interview platform. Um, you've done this. That's a pretty big pandemic pivot. Um, so for me, when I think about all the ways that people have had to shift to survive the year emotionally, financially, professionally, this is a big one. But this isn't just temporary for you, right? This is the kind of thing you're going to keep doing it because you've had people sign up and, and enjoy it. And so it's a direction you're heading. Yeah. Um, what's interesting? Yes. Um, into, I guess you would call it a coaching realm or psychoeducational. Um, I, I plan to do some things around um, midlife crisis. Um, we can talk about that maybe next year when I'm not embarrassed to say, <laughs> yeah, that, you know, that I'm kind of, I think I'm on the tail end of a midlife crisis. But, um, so yes, um, last year, my vision board had, I wanted to do more uh, work in things that I was passionate about. Um, and I did that. But what's odd is that it, it took the pandemic to kind of force me into it. And this is definitely part of it. Um, I love talking about how to help people uh, take care of themselves, to honor themselves, their voice, uh, their vulnerability, their bravery. I, I do dig it. So I am excited about this kind of platform. I don't really know what it's going to look like. Um, I'm committed to the membership, at least for this year. I've got the, the topics laid out for 12 months. I'm going to do some Daring Way groups online this year, Daring Way and Rising Strong, two of the Brene Brown programs. Um, those will be time limited and online. Uh, those will just be like limited to eight people. Um, but I don't know what it's going to e evolve into, but I know that it will. You know, it, it's not going to completely replace my one-to-one -one counseling because I do get a lot of joy from that. It's very fulfilling and I love what I do. Um, but I really appreciate this new way of working and serving for sure. Well, I think we may have one of your first signups. Jessica Harvath says Daring Way and Rising Strong are my two favorites. Right? I mean, like, it's just so empowering. Um, if I could just give a little Brene Brown plug, if anybody's ever thinking about reading those books, Gifts of Imperfection is learn how to be your authentic self. Daring greatly, put yourself all out there. Once you put yourself out there, you're going to get your ass kicked or, you, you know, you're going to have like face down moments. And so then go into rising strong. Um, it, it's just, you know, the the path and pattern of you have one of those up there. Probably have braving. I have them all and none of them are on the shelf right now. And I'm wondering. Braving the wilderness? No. Dare, I, I, dare to lead? Uh, no, they're all gone. 
Okay. Um, the entire section where those books belong are off the shelves. And I believe it's because, do you remember when I forced my kids into a uh, self-improvement book club last summer? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's where they are. It. I think that's where they are. So I have to go yes. get those back and bring them back here. Sorry, continue. I didn't mean to distract you. I was no. just going to pull the book up to show the cover, and I can't do that. Yeah, I'm trying. I don't have either one of those in front of me. I just have Dare to Lead right here. But um, but yeah, Jessica, yeah, Daring Way and Rising Strong. All of her books are are chock a block full of research, evidence based um, tools on how to handle being authentic, being vulnerable, being brave, connecting, and rising up when you put yourself out there and and things don't go as as you hope. But if you haven't read the books and you just heard that description, you might have been a little turned off by the research part of it. It doesn't read like a research. Mm -hmm. It reads like the way friends talk to each other. And it is so um, smart and strong and powerful and vulnerable and authentic and real. Um, and it, it's an easy read, even if it's a tough subject. Yeah, for sure. I, I, yeah, good call. Yeah, because I'm not a research person either. But I just, I just like knowing that... Um, it's something that relates so much to me um, and yet is is evidence-based, researched, scientific, common humanity type things. Yeah, she's not making it up. I mean, she's spent 15 yeah. years as a researcher at UT. She knows what she's talking about, uh, but she shares like, in a non-lecturing, um, professorial, talk down to you kind of a way. She shares in a humble yeah, like a friend, like a humble, vulnerable friend. Yeah. 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 Um, and if, if, if obviously this has become the Brene Brown section of the podcast. Um, if you haven't already listened to her podcast, Unlocking, it's mm -hmm. really yes. great. Yeah, because she's she's. I love her voice. You know, just listening to her talk is awesome. Mm -hmm. um, oh, Jessica says, I like to think of the research as an antidote for those who aren't into fluffy rainbows and butterflies as hard evidence. <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, that's funny that you say like fluffy, fluffy hearts and rainbows. So the things that even we're talking about, these mental health and emotional health skills, they're called soft skills. Um, but I challenge anybody to use them and come back and tell me that they're soft. Yeah, that's some BS. Those are hard skills. Right. Yeah. To have to be to have some any of your own emotional awareness to regulate to understanding to be able to communicate it um, to some reg emotional regulation. You know, that's, that's incredibly hard discipline stuff. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Side note real quick. Um, Kathy LaFleur, if you're watching, which I know you do uh, almost all of these and you commented last time on how cool you thought it was that I had a walking treadmill desk. Uh, I am not walking today. My producer has banned me. Um, he says it makes him nauseous. We'll try to pull something about the sound, but this is like literally the quietest treadmill ever. So um, I know you're going to be disappointed because you want to watch me walk four miles, but you'll just have to catch that the next time. And just so we're clear, I said she should own honor herself, honor her calling and go ahead and walk. You did. And I appreciate that. I walked 10 miles yesterday at work. <laughs> 10 miles working at my desk. I was so tired and sore this morning. My thighs are literally killing me right now. It is hilarious. It is kind of hilarious to like walk in there. It's just completely ridiculous. I don't think my clients would go for it. As it is, I have, I have, you know, I'm, I, I struggle not to do this and that's, that's not good. I'm trying to be still. Yeah, I could see that like like it's almost like the old school Freud pipe kind of thing, but instead of a pipe, you're just swiveling your chair. Mm 
follow my finger. Exactly. Exactly. Let me show you a Rorschach test. Um, so you alluded to the fact that some other people have kind of started doing the same thing with regards to memberships and, and monthly programs. And I'm seeing it in lots of different spaces. Uh, we have a client who's doing it in HR and, and lots of different areas. You know, yeah. what I love, though, is it doesn't matter how many there are. It's about finding the one that fits you. Yes. At this price point, you can jump around and find like, oh, these are my people. This is my process. I like the way this person coaches and delivers their information without a lot of industry terminology. And it's just kind of like matter of fact, the way a, a big sister would tell me to do something, you know. And so I, I encourage anyone who wants to seek out this kind of next evolution in their development Start here. If it works, great. If not, there's plenty of others. You can Melissa will even tell you some. Um, but the great thing is it's about the evolution. It's about finding the next thing, right? For you, yeah. Like finding what it is that you need. Um, there, you know, like we have this gap between where we are and where we, you know, want to be. It's kind of the resolution process we have every year, but there's always that thing that's drawing us to something else. Cause again, we're create, you know, creating ourselves over and over again. Um, like one membership that I do belong to, well, I belong to two. One started off as research and now I just stayed in it because I love it. It's on um, healthy relationships. So, you know, I, I just get information about attachment and relationships and communication. And then another one, a friend of mine is doing um, on planning and goal setting. She's got a great planner and is just, you know, going to help people help keep people accountable to their goal setting um, and, and private practice too. It's, it's designed for counselors. Um, it's called the primed practice if anybody is looking for that. Um, but so find, find the thing that you're needing because it is out there. It may take a little bit of research, but yeah, these communities and memberships and offerings um, are out there. And, and as soon as you start looking for one word of something that you think you need more of in your life, it is out there. Well, it's just like when I shop for shoes online, all of a sudden, all the shoes come, right? If I want yes. a, a truck, I see trucks everywhere. Uh, the cookies know as soon as you say into the universe, I want this, the universe will provide plenty of ads with opportunities to get it. Yes. I Yes. I have three pairs of black Palazzo pants to prove it. <laughs> I will say quarantine has not been good for my Amazon and PayPal account, but yeah, I, I have, I have, I have noticed when I am triggered now and um, I go back to my uh, self-control skills, but yeah. Did you, or did you not feel compelled to give your Amazon delivery driver a Christmas present? Hey, <laughs> I thought that was public knowledge. Well, it was to him. <laughs> yes, I gave my UPS driver Christmas gift because I saw him all year. He he delivered my toilet paper, hand sanitizer, books for work, right. groceries. I mean, like that man worked overtime and I appreciated him. Yes. Sorry, didn't mean to out you. I thought that was That's okay. Out. That's okay. I'm trying to make the list of things I can and cannot say. It's very hard to remember. Mm -hmm. You can feel free to come back at with one of mine because I know you know plenty. Nope, you have a bigger platform than I do. I'm not saying that. Oh, anything. that's a good point. Yeah. And I probably have a longer list too. Oh, maybe not. <laughs> maybe not. Um, so let's talk theater for a second. 
Okay. Um, Non-related to anything specific. I got the updated Sanger list. I see that we have added back Mean Girls. Yes. I'm super happy about these choices. Yeah, um, Hades Town, Mean Girls, uh, Tootsie, I think, was on there. I was bummed to see Moulin Rouge out, but Hamilton is back. Yep. Yeah, and so that that um, that gives me hope that it will continue to come to life in our own community. Um, um, super thrilled for the theaters who've been able to do plays. You know, um, I pal among one. I mean, I hate to call names because then I don't want to miss somebody. But I don't know all. That's why I just don't want to leave somebody out. Um, but I'm super excited for CYT's new building and um, Wonderland Performing Arts opening up on Johnson. I mean, like, and uh, and I know music venues getting kind of back into some um, abilities. So I'm I'm hoping that I'm excited for our community. I guess uh, that we will keep going in a direction that gives us the things that bring us joy. Especially the arts, creative arts is so important. While we're on the subject of music venues, if there are any music venue people, Mel and John is this fantastic Lafayette yacht rock <laughs> duo in town um, available for performances large and small. Yes. <laughs> we were going to promote stuff in this hour, and that's what we're doing. It, it's just like it's it's starting to get very uncomfortable, like all about me. But but yes, literally I mean, the subject of a one-hour interview. It absolutely technically has to be all about you. I I am in the best guitar duo you have never heard of. <laughs> it is called Mel and John. We are available for your yards, your venues, your pizza places, your uh, pubs. Thank you. Absolutely. Oh, look! And now there's a link to the Mel and John duo. They have a fantastic video. If you want to book a gig, feel free to call their um, um, underpaid, but totally awesome manager, Jackie Russo, um, and I'll be glad to hook y'all up. But really, who doesn't want to remember what it was like at the pub back in college in the late 80s, early 90s, listening to Scott Allen Stagg? This is the new modern day version of that. Thanks, Jackie. I appreciate your unending support. Of course. You're in my circle. <laughs> it's good to have a tribe. It is indeed. It is indeed. So, okay, we've told them what to read. We've told them what memberships to join. We've told them what music to listen to. We've told them, <laughs> oh, look, Ted Bernstein, love the Mel and John duo. <laughs> She's all about, she, that girl is ready for festivals, man. I was She's like, ready. somebody who's in your tribe and totally supports. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You haven't done a live performance that she hasn't been there for the whole time, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I love that we can live stream it and so your out of town friends and family can still watch. That's just awesome. Um, so we've told the people all the things they should be doing with their lives. Um, what? Um, oh, I can imagine one other thing we should be talking about. I'm guessing that the next wave of people who are going to join your membership to get some mental health and healing are going to be um, the fans of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Sunday. Is that fair enough? I believe that we will win. Yes. Who that? Um, oh, Russo has now posted Lafayette's premier Lafayette rock duo. Thank you, Michael. He's embracing it. Yes. He's premier embracing Lafayette rock. Right. Well, yacht is, is not spelled correctly, but we no, get. No, to go. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Um, so, okay. So I know we're wrapping things up, but. Um, we're good. One, yes. Who that? Um, the, uh, if, if you do want to join the membership. I think Mike had the website up there, even just to go see the information, um, join for a month. You'll, we're 
wrapping up goal setting, but you'll have access to all the workbooks and videos. And we're starting on boundaries in February. Four workbooks, four videos, two live sessions, boundaries, $47. Um, so two things, Mike, don't go to the comment yet. Let me do this first. Um, so if you're listening because you subscribe to the podcast and you don't watch it live, then you can go to Melissa Bowen, lpc.com slash wholehearted. That's Melissa Bowen, B-O-W-E-N, lpc.com slash wholehearted. Now to the comments. Michelle Vadrine says, how did I miss this? So apparently we did not do enough advanced promotion. The six minutes before we went live that I managed to share it was not <laughs> enough lead time for my friend Vadrine. So um, Melissa, Michelle, you can watch it in replay. And Colin McGibbony just said, OMG. <laughs> Okay, I'm gonna say in my in my two, how much time do I have? Yeah, as much as you want. Okay, um, can I say something about midlife crisis? Yes, please. Okay, this is seriously for anyone in earshot who has ever thought that they might be experiencing a midlife crisis. I'm gonna encourage you to realize the crisis. Here's my perspective, at least, on my mm, probably now six years. Of, of, it, of going through and on the, I think on the other side of the crisis. Would you, um, yes, please keep on, <laughs> keep going. Okay, I have riveted because I would have been like this had anybody said anything. Um, I believe it's, we, all, we call it a crisis because of the stages that we're in life, whether if we're 50 or even 25, if we're in a stage where we are settled and other people and organizations are relying on us now, whether it's kids, jobs, significant others, organizations, people rely on us as we get settled. And so when we wanna change or buck the system or evolve, or we think we want something new or different in whatever capacity, it sends, it's, it's got ripple effects that we never had before. And so before that, anything you wanted to change, think of it this way, anything you wanted to change before you got settled was encouraged. Yeah, good for you. You want to go get a new job? That's great. You want to go move to Europe? Okay. Or, you know, anything was, any change was encouraged. And yet somehow we think when we get settled somewhere that our evolution is suddenly going to stop. And that's not the case. But because we now have other people relying on us and expectations of us, then it feels like crisis because either I'm going to feel bad for changing something or I'm going to hurt you for changing something. It's just a lot more struggle. So it doesn't have to be crisis. So I haven't done this yet, but I think I'm going to trademark the midlife reconstruction because it's just reconstructing where you were. It doesn't mean that where you were was bad. It just doesn't serve you anymore. We don't have to say, oh, I guess that wasn't really what I wanted. It was probably what you wanted at the time and you changed. So we don't have to judge ourselves for something not working out. If it's not working out now, then embrace the fact that we are evolutionary creatures, we're going to change and keep honoring yourself in that and be kind to the others as you are evolving. I think that's all I have. That was awesome. And by the number of comments, Wendy's raising her hand, Bedrine says she solved my midlife crisis last Sunday. Um, so yeah, people are like totally buying into it. Um, okay, a couple things. One, I think that's super powerful too. You just told 5,000 plus people that you're gonna go trademark something. You might wanna go do that <laughs> before okay. someone else does. 
Give me help with that. Somebody yeah. help me with that. Um, okay. And three, so as I'm listening to you, I'm thinking about it in terms of practical application, like the people that I see who do that, go through midlife crises. Is that why some of them, it's haircuts and cars, because those are things you can change without blowing up your whole world? Yeah. because blow up their whole world. Yes. And look, and, there, and there's a lot to this, please. I'm, I'm simplifying something and I, maybe I'll write a book on it one day because I, it, this is very simplified, but I, I guess it just gives you permission to realize I just want to feel different. And dang, if a haircut does that, then I feel different. Um, if a card, and I have the convertible to prove. You I know, wasn't you this time. I do. Um, uh, because we just want to feel differently than what I did before. And yes, if we if we don't have some emotional intelligence, membership lesson number two, um, if we don't have some emotional intelligence and awareness of what's going on with us, then we end up doing um, numbing or impulsive things that could destroy and destruct uh, things in our path. It does not have to be like that. Yes, some things need to end, but not everything that things can just um, change and evolve. But yes. So wise. Were you just wise in college and I just missed it? No, I was too sensitive in college. I was moody. Mike, you can jump in now if you like. Um, I was moody and too sensitive. This is long before the um, uh, transition or, or you know like the um self-discovery no. i'll just say no yeah self-discovery and, and and education of some things yeah well i'm glad i stuck around till you got smart because this is good thanks okay so you know how we end these things it's oh. right and i'm interested now that you're the first repeat to see if your answers change okay I'll try to remember what you said last time say what the answer is today this is going to be interesting to me so okay. favorite place on earth <laughs> my, right now it's my home. <laughs> my home. This is not a trick question. Okay. Um, movie you can't turn off. The proposal. TV show to binge watch. Um uh Grace Grace and Frankie. I was really thought you were gonna say Cobra Kai. Oh my god, because I just ended that one. Cobra Kai. So I just don't wanna I just don't wanna um like Spoiler alert. It's very good if you like that kind of thing. Cobra Kai. Okay, continue. Favorite book? Ooh, well, Mike, of all time, it's um, A Prayer for Owen Meany. Yes. Um, but I will say Permission to Feel by Mark Brackett, the Yale Center for Emotional Intelligence. That was like, that's me in a book. But yes, go ahead. I love that you're such a reader. That makes me so happy. It was only this year. <laughs> well, we all had time. Um, not counting this one. Favorite podcast? Um, Brene Brown, Unlocking Us, and Invisibilia on NPR. That that I think is the same. I haven't heard that one. Invisibilia? Invis Invisibilia, um, exploring the things that make us human, the invisible effects that make us human. Oh, that is interesting. All right. Uh, favorite car? Um, a, a Grand Cherokee, a Jeep Grand Cherokee. Favorite festival? International and French Quarter. Okay. Pettiest pet peeve? People who don't know how to use a blinker. Fact. Favorite musician? Beatles and me and John. <laughs> <laughs> In that order. Um, Mel and John on duo on Facebook, just to be quick. Yacht Rock. Uh, favorite song to perform at karaoke? 
it's typically been I will survive, but if I'm with my husband, it's um, B-52's Love Shack, unfortunately. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, it's favorite sport? Favorite what? Favorite sport. Oh, I mean, uh, it's Saints, but then the, the typical answer is, so you like football? It's like, no, I like the Saints. Yeah, that's a very fair Oh, answer. and Cajuns. Yeah. So okay. Cajuns and Saints. Okay, good. Um, favorite meal or food? Uh, the Polly Pizza from Central mm. and Tsunami's um, <laughs> the Pimp Salad. <laughs> I was like, why don't I want to say it? Oh, it's because it's the Pimp Salad. Yeah. I'll have to tell Michelle to give a more... PG-13 version of that. No, no, I love it. Okay. Uh, favorite leisure activity? Sitting, napping, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, like, just. <laughs> oh, we crack me up. Um, favorite concert you ever went to? Um, probably uh, Bruce Springsteen, born in the USA. 84, Baton Rouge. Yes. I was at that yeah. right? Established that last time, I think. And favorite way to treat yourself? Uh, Haagen-Dazs peanut butter chocolate ice cream. Yes. And binge watching anything. Yes. And hanging out with your friends. And then, and hanging out with my friends that I am intentionally hanging out with, with intention and connecting and vulnerability. Yes. Yeah. Okay, good. I like all of the answers. Thank you very much. Yep. Melissa, parting words that you want to share with the people. Take care of yourself. There is too much going on that we cannot control, that we a lot of us don't even have influence on. So keep your connections intentional and um, make sure we're connecting on bigger things because there's so many things that we're all going to disagree on. We're different, um, but because our connections are going to be what get us through anything that that we go through from... Um, whether it's uh, politics, unrest, quarantine, COVID, um, schools going back to virtual, sickness and health, grief, death and losses. Um, you need your people. And so find them, invest in them, allow yourself to be vulnerable where it's safe so that you can be known too. And it is going to be connecting above above the bit above the other little things we, we just we can have those connections it's just beyond the things that make us different there's more we have more in common than we have than what's different ding 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 so if anybody's listened to this, um either that last segment or this whole hour and thinks oh i want more of that in my life you know where you can go to get it sign up for melissa bowen's wholehearted membership and you can get little tidbits like this every day Melissa, thank you for your time. I appreciate it. Jackie, I really appreciate it. And thanks for doing what you do. Always my pleasure. And to everybody else who watched live or is listening through our podcast, thank you. Uh, be sure to share, tell your friends, subscribe, tell them to subscribe, um, support the people who are guests on the show, and um, take care of each other. Thanks, y'all. Go be authentic. Who that? Who that? Day is through.